Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. So now it's our second week of the year, which means we're on our second week of fasting. And I believe that this makes us especially ready to receive the Word of the Lord. And this series uh, titled Special Purposes is for each and every one of us. I want to say this once again. God has a special purpose for our lives. God has a special purpose for our marriages. He has a special purpose for our friendships. He has a special purpose for our careers, even our finances. Everything that God has blessed us with can be used for his special purposes. And I believe, brothers and sisters, that when this year is over, so it's interesting because at the beginning of the year, we have a, we have a year behind us and we look back upon it, and then we also have a year in front of us. I believe that what will matter the most as the, as the year closes in 2021, should the Lord um, tarry and wait, I hope he comes back. Uh, soon, amen. But if he chooses not to, what will really matter is not how the year turned out for us, but how did this year turn out for the kingdom of God and for the purposes of God? That's what today's message is really all about. And I want to jump right into the verses uh, that, that um, we're focusing on for this series, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 20 through 21, yes. Um, and I want to add another verse to help shape our conversation today. So let's jump right into it. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for everyone special purposes and some for common use. Now remember, we're not talking about sacred versus secular. We addressed this last week. When the Bible says special purposes, it's not speaking only to people who are in the ministry. Every life, every life can be used for the special purposes of God. It depends on how we choose to live and why. It, are we living for ourselves or are we living for the glory and honor of our King and our Master, Jesus. So it says, uh, some are for special purposes, some for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, and then say these words with me that are underlined, ready, useful to the Master. Made holy, useful to the Master, and prepared to do any and every good work. Amen. Now let me give you one more verse from the book of Romans. Um, uh, this is the beginning of Paul's address to the church in Rome. Rome was basically the capital of the world at that time. Rome was a major city just like Chicago. And when I read to all in Rome, we could replace Rome with to all in Chicago. And it says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people, 
Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to explain in a moment why this verse is so important. But when you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, the second thing that we're learning, which we'll focus on this week, is that special purposes make us useful to the master. That's the key. Is it useful to the master? I believe that's the question that you and I should ask ourselves today and in a lot of ways every day. When you think about the coming year, here's a great question. Is it useful to the master? I want this year, I want to ask the Lord to make all of us more useful to the master than we've ever been. How many would say amen? This, is, this means that our plans and our choices should be shaped by that question. If you're not asking yourself that question, you're barking up the wrong tree. Okay? You're climbing the wrong hill. What will really matter when the year closes is were we useful to the master. How many would say amen to that? And so let me give you the definition of useful before we actually go ahead and pray. The word useful is in the Greek is two words. It's EU and then Christos or Christos, however uh, you say. And so the EU means to, to be used for, for good things, right? It doesn't mean just to be useful. It means to be very, very useful. There's an emphasis, okay, very useful, and it's more than just being available. See, some people think, I'm available when I want to be available. That's not what this is talking about. This means not only that you're useful, that you're very useful, and it goes more than being available. It means you say, I want to be God's go-to person. And then the word Christos speaks to the kindness and benevolence of God. And it literally means to be useful in the sense that you're available to be used for the philanthropy of God. God is the eternal philanthropist. And that means that he is this kind and generous giver. He's so rich. He's so wealthy and so powerful. And what he wants to do is use, because of his great love for us, he wants to use his resources to bless us and to bless people on the earth. And God, through a specific special purpose, wants us to be useful so that he can be generous and kind. He wants to be a philanthropist to this world through the people of God. And so I want to pray right now. And I want to really challenge young people who are making life-shaping decisions. I want to challenge you today to ask yourself that question. I want to challenge someone who might be entering into the age of retirement and you're thinking about your future, I want to ask everyone in the body of Christ to pray today and say, Lord, I want to be useful to you because you're my master. So let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you. I thank you that we have been created for a special purpose. For more than one purpose, for special purposes. And God, I pray today that by your mighty power, 
Lord, that you would make 2021 our most useful year to you. Lord, I pray that you would speak powerfully today. I, I ask that you would speak to teachers and, and that you would speak to police officers and construction workers. Lord, people who work in Starbucks or Target, Lord. Uh, babysitters, Lord Jesus. God, no matter what we are doing, we belong to you. And you have a special purpose for every life. Father, make us useful. Make every man and woman in my hearing your go-to person in the days ahead. So Lord, would you bless this word? Would you move by your mighty power? And Lord, I, I pray that there would be a prayer prayed on a consistent basis that will shape our future days. So bless this time in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. Special purposes are all about being useful to the master. Use, being useful is not random. Being useful is not arbitrary. Being useful is not by chance. It is a very deliberate process and reality. If you want to be useful, you have to focus on being useful. And when we go to make daily decisions, we have to understand that if they are not shaped by the desire to be useful to the master, we can miss even though in the short run, it could seem like everything is good. Let me give you a quick example. And I've used this illustration. If you were leaving L.A. and you were trying to get to New York, in the beginning, you could be a few degrees off. And a few degrees off today could end up being miles off tomorrow. Because if you are a few degrees off, then you could end up not in New York, but in North Carolina. And let me tell you something, when you need to be in New York for the purposes, the special purposes of God, do you, you don't want to find yourself in North Carolina. But see, a little off today and a little off tomorrow, and this is why we have to constantly pray. At the end of this message, I'm going to say this again. It's not a one-time make me useful. It's a consistent, God, I want to be useful to the master. And when we pray, God, make me useful to the master, then the winds of the Holy Spirit keep pushing us. And we'll talk a little bit more in a second. Keep pushing us to get online with the plan and the purposes of God. Listen to what Leo Tol uh, Tolstoy said. He said, life is a blessing for him who identifies himself with the Son of Man for establishing the kingdom of God on earth. Here and now. We only have one chance at this life, and it's in the here and the now. Look at this. He says, life is a misfortune for him who seeks his personal welfare, which is an effort death inevitably baffles. What a powerful line. Here's what that means. It means what he's saying is a lot of people who live for themselves, will, they will wake up after they die. And the first thing that they're going to say is, what in the world was I doing with my life if they weren't living for the special purposes of God? But see, when we say, I just want to be useful to the master, 
there's a blessing, there's a peace, there's a fulfillment, there's a, a satisfaction knowing that you were a good and faithful servant. It will be the best year of your life if you consi consistently ask and pray and say, Lord, would you make me useful? Is this useful to you and to your kingdom and to your glory? This is the truth of the matter. We're living in an age of independence and we have to ask ourselves, how do we hit the note of usefulness when everything around us is anti-authority, anti-surrender? How do we experience a year of being useful to the master? Well, I want to just unpack these verses that I read to you in the next few moments. And I believe these are simple and true, but really powerful and practical points. So first of all, usefulness, if we want to be useful, we have to understand that usefulness accepts God's love and call. It accepts his love and call. That's why I read in Romans, it says, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. If you want to be useful, you, you have to accept his love and call. In other words, we're not just loved, we're also called. And we have to embrace the fact that it's both. You can, yes, receive deeply the love of God, but if you want to be useful, you also have to accept the call of God. Notice he didn't say uh, uh, to the pastor in Rome, to the music minister in Rome, to the, to the person on staff over children's ministry in Rome. No, he was talking to all of God's people, to everyone in Chicago that is a child of God, loved and called. And one of the key things that we have to receive deeply is that we're not just loved, we're also called. Somebody say amen to that. I would say the level at which we accept the love of God and the call of God determines our level of usefulness. This is a big deal. So let's go back to the let's go let's go back to that image of 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 the plane. Could you put that back up for me? When you think about the the course of your life and the flight of your life, you can start out and re, and be in the love of God and know that God loves you. But you could still end up off course because while you're living out and enjoying the love of God, You're off course because you haven't accepted the call of God. People struggle with both. Some Christians are constantly struggling with, does God really love me? And that's part of maturing in the Lord. On your worst day, he loves you with an everlasting love. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Hallelujah. But God wants us to mature past just accepting that we are profoundly loved by the Lord. He also wants us to accept the fact that we are called by the Lord, called to special purposes. When we receive the love and the call, then that's when the alignment begins to take place. And it's important for us to understand how deep and how profound that actually is. We are not just loved, but we're called. God wants some of us to get out of the endless crisis of, does God love me? And he wants you to get to the place where you just say, yes, Lord, I know you love me. 
You love me, and I know that you love me because you went to the cross and died for me. And you said, even on my worst day, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And what that means is last week when we took communion together, or today when you ask God to forgive you and you repent, there is a cleansing that comes. Why? Because he loves us. And he loves us so much that he wants to clean us up and then use us for his glory, for his special purposes. And today, God wants you to receive his love, but on top of that, receive the fact that you're also called according to his purposes. When a person accepts the call by first accepting the love of God, all of a sudden, life begins to change. Because when you wake up in the morning, you recognize that there's a different agenda than just yours. And I, 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 I was praying about this, and I was asking the Lord for there to be some Holy Ghost transaction between you and God. I remember, I remember uh, uh, being in the balcony and hearing a missionary speak. And that was like a key day. It wasn't the only day, but it was a key day. A missionary came to the Brooklyn Tabernacle, and she spoke, and she had surrendered everything. And I didn't understand what it meant, but I'm telling you right now, without that moment, I, don't, I know I wouldn't be here because that was the first of many moments. Okay, and I'm believing that today will be the first of many moments for someone else. But I prayed in a balcony on a Sunday night, back in the day when they, when, uh, they had Sunday night services, probably 10 o'clock at night or 9.45 at night. And this missionary began to sing a song, and I, I remember kneeling, kneeling. And I, I pray that someone would kneel, kneel today at the end of this message. I pray that someone would go and get alone with God and say, Lord, thank you for loving me, and thank you for calling me. And I prayed that day, Lord, I have no idea how you could use me, Lord, but Lord, I want to be used by you. That was the beginning. I've played, prayed a thousand times after, and I'm I prayed it today. And you know you'll spend the rest of your life praying. But there comes a moment in time that you have to ask yourself, am I useful to the master? And you have to begin to pray the prayer that says, Lord, make me useful to you. This is a deep message at the beginning of the year. It's an important message. I talked about this a few weeks ago, and I just, I'm telling you right now, this is the theme that the Holy Spirit is putting in your pastor's heart for you. Because he wants you to have joy unspeakable and full of glory at the end. He wants you to have such a deep uh, a happiness and satisfaction because you gave it all for him because you said, Lord, I want to do your will, and I want to do your will and follow your way. I want to answer the call of God. The call of God is not just for pastors. The call of God is for all of his children. And we need to accept the love and the call of God. Every day I'm talking to people, and I see that shift taking place. Let me just say one more thing about this, and then we'll go to the second point. When you 
Um, when you're reading about Jesus in the Gospels, when he was baptized, Jesus had not done any miracles that, that were recorded anyway. Jesus had not done any miracles at this point. Jesus goes into the water and he comes out of the water. And there's a voice that comes from, from heaven and says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And this was the beginning of the launching out of his ministry. But that order is there even in the life of Christ. He loves you. He loves me like a son, like a daughter. Before we do anything else, you don't do things for God for the sake of getting his love. You already have his love. But you answer the call of God because you want to glorify him and please him. You want, to, you want your life to further the kingdom of heaven. And so accept that you're loved and called. And called means that you give in to his purposes. His special purpose. Which brings me to point number two. Being useful not only accepts the love and call of God, but being useful also means that we live as God's vessel. Okay? You got to live as God's vessel. When the Bible says useful to the master, that word master speaks to unlimited authority. When you say, Jesus, my master... That means, Jesus, you have unlimited authority in my life, and I'm sold out to your will. I'm sold out to your desires. What's interesting to me is that you look around and you see in the world understands the power of being sold out. The world understands that if you want to do something great on this planet, you got to sell out to it. And I, 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 we came across the, uh, a biography by Jerry Seinfeld. Look at what he said about this was the great comedian Jerry Seinfeld. Look at what he said about comedy. This is really powerful as he's telling his story in the beginning. He said, expect nothing, accept nothing. This was his mindset. He said, I would, I would just have to be funny enough to buy a loaf of Wonder Bread and a jar of Skippy peanut butter a week. He says, I could easily survive on that. And even if that's all I had, it would be a better life than any other I could imagine. Living off of peanut butter and Wonder Bread because he was sold out to comedy. Listen to this. I was more than happy to accept being a not-that-funny comedian over any other conceivable option. You see what this is? What he did is he gave comedy total authority over his life, and he sold out to it. Yes, if they could send uh, the musicians. So what are you sold out to? Because, because look at what David said on the flip side. Here's the spiritual side of this. David said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And David says, look, whatever you give me to do, Lord, that's exactly what I want to do. Whatever you've called me to, Lord, big or small, I want to sell out to the call of God because I want to be useful to the master. 
There's a disposition of heart that says, Lord, use me for your glory. And I'm going I'm to tell you one thing about being useful and becoming actually God's vessel. That ownership will be tested. That ownership will be proven. And you may find yourself disagreeing with God. Did you know that? You ever disagree with God? You might disagree with God. We're so short-sighted. Sometimes God's ways are past finding out. But just know, when you're disagreeing God, with God, God is always right. And so if you don't agree with his word, he's right, you're wrong. Let me give you an example of this. At the end of his life, Joseph, the great man of God, who did so much to stay faithful to God and who was used in such a mighty and powerful way. Joseph, once again, who had been tested so many times when it came to his children. He brought his children in to be blessed by his father, as was the, the custom. There was a special blessing on, the blessing, on, on a, a dad blessing the kids and the grandkids. And so look at this. Look at what happened. It says that when Joseph saw his father, he had two children that he was going to bless. He said, when Joseph saw his father placing his right hand, which was the dominant blessing, uh, on Ephraim's head, he was displeased. So he took hold of his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to him, no, my father, this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. That was the tradition. The firstborn got that blessing. And watch this. It says, but his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He too will become a people and he too will become great. Nevertheless, his younger brother will be greater than he and his descendants will become a group of nations. What was Joseph, Jacob saying? Jacob was saying this to Joseph. He was saying, Joseph, look, when I first started walking with God, I didn't surrender to his call and I did a lot of things my way and it caused me lots of trouble. And I don't do that anymore. I just want to be useful to the master. And when God says something, whether I agree or not, it doesn't matter. Can I tell you something? God's way is the best way. And so he said, if God says, bless the younger one instead of the older one, I'm going to do this God's way because I've already learned this lesson. And you need to understand that Jacob finally became God's vessel. Are you God's vessel today? Whose authority rules your life? In the land of craziness that we live in, who's the master? We need to say, have your way, Lord. And just know, you don't have to agree with God's process. You don't have to agree with God's call. Look at what Tim Keller said. This is so good. He said, if God, if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Of course, God's opinion on things and God's will and way for your life, of course it won't line up with everything that you want. I could talk forever about this in my own life. But God is always right. I want to encourage someone today. 
when you say, Lord, I want to be useful. Here's what you're saying. You're saying, they're not my children. They're your children. When you want to be useful, you're saying, it's not my career. It's your career. When you want to be useful, you're saying, I'm your vessel, Lord. It's not my money. It's your money. When you want to be used by God, you're saying, it's not my time. It's your time. I am your vessel. I have a favorite cup. I'll close with this. I have a, a favorite cup that I used to drink coffee because my grandson Wesley gave it to me. And he picked that cup out because he said, you know, grandpa's going to drink coffee in this. So I, I use it very, very often. And I think of him. And you know what? I only use it for coffee. You know why? Because it's my vessel. Whose vessel are you? This stands in direct contrast to how many times even Christians will justify craziness. Do you know today, someone is justifying crazy behavior. Someone is justifying an inappropriate relationship. Someone is justifying poor choices, ungodly behavior because of their saying, well, I got to look out for me now. You know, I've been living for everyone else. It's my time. You hear that when people often are, are brokenhearted and they say, I've been looking after everyone else, but now I have to look after myself. That's not true. You have to ask yourself the question, even from the place of pain, even from the place of hardship, this moment, this day could be the launching pad of your life. If you'll just say, Lord, make me useful to you. Only the Lord can take the worst episodes of our journey and turn them into the amazing launching pads, into the glory of God, into the will of God, into fruitfulness and blessing. But it all begins by us saying, Lord, make me useful. In Corinthians, the Bible says, those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them. Listen, I was looking around the room before we started this service. I so wish we were together. Man, do I wish that we were together. I wish that we could lay hands on one another. I wish, I wish that we could really get to the altar and weep and cry in the presence of God and say, Lord, we just want to be used by you. But can I tell you, look at, you see this platform? Okay, Pastor Christian has been ordained to ministry, but he has to continually say, Lord, make me useful to the master. It doesn't end. It's not a prayer that he prayed like four months ago or, or four years ago or, 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 or 15 years ago. Day after day, you got to say, Lord, make me useful to the master. Choice after choice, deal after deal. Moment by moment, Lord, make me useful. I was thinking about how did Pastor Edgar get here? Rising star in Homeland Security. He had to say, Lord, what will make me useful to the master? We just had a young man. His name is Landon. He's in his early 20s. Landon has started the journey of saying, God, make me useful. He's in full-time ministry now. But we have, we have a teacher. We have a nurse in our church. We have a police officer. 
We have people in all walks of life strategically positioned from the kingdom of God for the glory of God. But we have to say, Lord, make me useful. And I want to pray. I want to pray that the dream of surrender would be fulfilled right now. Whatever you need to do right now, maybe you need to get on your knees. Maybe you need to get on your face. Maybe you should stand up and lift your hands. But we want to pray. Imagine the power multiplied of all of the surrendered people that are listening to my words right now. Imagine the impact for the glory of God and for the kingdom of God. Businessmen saying, I want to be useful. Imagine all the great things that the Lord will do if we'll just say, Master, you have total, total authority. So lift your hands, lift your heart. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.